0: This is a story about a girl named Molly Goes around off the trolley Drinks cider and a dolly She can't get over you
1: There's nothing that she will do Now she's upstairs
2: welcome back to little geek loss this is part two of the time travel sandwiches podcast with jack um this is where it gets weirder so enjoy so another thing with time travel that i just thought of too <laughs> with ghosts what if ghosts are just actually people from another dimension that's in the same space
0: that that is one of the few theories that would actually make sense
2: because uh, that's the energy right so it's Existing in the same space, it's just overlapping, and that explain mm. the ghosts that like are the ones that where it's um like they keep doing the same thing over and over kind of thing, like
0: cause yeah they yeah about
2: their day or whatever. Not the ones but, where they're just kind of hanging out watching you.
0: Funnily enough, there is an episode of Fringe that directly addresses that. Yeah, I only
2: got a couple seasons into Fringe. I didn't finish watching it.
0: Yeah, I think it's in the season season. It ended with five. I think it's in season three or four. And there is an episode where a, an old couple, they're sort of in their eighties or something like that. Um, in each of the timelines, the other one died. And, oh yeah. I
2: think I did see that
0: episode. And they can, and they can, there's like a, a weakness in their yeah. crossing over because the two universes are almost literally at war yeah. fundamentally and that they're, they're crossing over and only one can exist.
1: Yeah.
0: Cause the, the, the nature of the universe is that only one thing can occupy the space at one time. So you can't have both universes occupying the same both dimensions occupying the same space in the universe itself. Yeah. And they're, like, l- literally tearing each other apart and there's these giant weird, like, fractures in reality. And one of them is happening in this apartment for this, this old couple. And so they can look through kind of a little, like, wormhole portal kind of thing and see the other one in the other universe. And they use it as kind of a comfort thing. But that time fracture, that whatever it is, dimensional rift... It also has the potential to completely destroy the entire universe. And it's this really like sad heartfelt thing of we have to close off this portal. So you need to say your final goodbyes to each yeah. other kind of thing. And it's a really, it's a really touching moment, but it also kind of works in the same way that they thought they were seeing ghosts of each other. They didn't have the concept of alternate realities. Yeah. So they would thought they were like, Oh, he, he's always still here with me and all that sort of stuff. No,
2: and I would explain ghosts.
0: Yeah. And there's those weird. There's a couple of weird ghost stories um people tell of, like, Roman ghosts, and they will be, like, two or three feet lower than the floor because the ground of that building would have been two feet lower back in Roman times. Yeah. So, like, 2,000 years ago, it is all built up with layers of pavement and layers of concrete and whatever. So you see, like, a regiment of Roman ghosts wandering through <laughs> from, like, just above their knees, basically, yeah. a lot through the ground. We, I think that somebody's just trying to make it sound more plausible because I absolutely do not believe in ghosts. But I like the idea. I like somebody's gone to the effort of coming up with a, a seemingly historically plausible ghost. But then the question, but then the question is of like, where are the ghosts from the 20th century? Why are all ghosts from like medieval times or Romans or, oh, in the 17th century, so and so did this and he was executed for it, like. Dudes, are, the execution is still legal in America. Some yeah. American states. Why aren't the electric chair guys coming back and like haunting all of those people? Is there like a time limit until you're allowed to haunt or something?
2: It's only the ones that haven't moved on.
0: Oh yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's being human rules, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it's they haven't moved on and been reincarnated or just moved on. Period.
0: You've you've got your one last thing to do before you're allowed to move on.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and that's haunt.
0: And <laughs> have, have they got? Have you, so you've seen all of the US being human?
2: Yep, yeah, and most of the British one.
0: Okay. Do they have the like crossover dimension into the into the dead world type stuff that happens in the British one? Yes. Okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah. I'm kind of intrigued to how, what. How similar are they?
2: Um, the first season is almost exactly the same, or the first few episodes, anyways. Like, I started watching the British one after the American one, and it is almost, like, exactly the same. So you can see with, with the American one that they copied a lot of it. It kind of splits off maybe about halfway through the first season um, that it's different in each one. But, I don't know, it's 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 good that way, too, because it's, like, two different shows, really. It's not like watching the same show with other actors.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, the same thing kind of happened with The Office. Yeah. I, I've watched... All of the British office because there's, you know, like 20 episodes pretty much because that's how British seasons work. (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's an entire season plus a bunch of Christmas specials plus a few other like extra episodes as well. And that makes 20. I think it's about 20. And then the US office started off very similar in the first season or two and then completely changed and is a totally different thing and became Arguably much much bigger than the British one, and went on for like seven seasons or whatever it is. Yeah,
2: I, I like so. I like the the US being human. The British one's good too, but I like the US one more, which is rare because I usually like British shows a lot more. Like I watched, um, well, It Crowd one of my favorite, and the horrible horrible mess where it was like the American pilot for it.
0: Oh God, yeah.
1: Oh. They
0: did an American version of a, of a show here called Spaced as well. Oh, yeah. Which is the first thing that Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, you guys will probably know from Shaun of the Dead, World's End and Hot Fuzz and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and Edgar Wright as well. That was kind of his first directorial um, debut as well. And they tried to do an American version of that and didn't get the permission from Pegg, <laughs> Frost or Wright and made a pilot and it was fucking terrible. Ugh. Then they consulted the original guys, showed them the pilot, and they were like, no fucking way, that's terrible, what are you talking
2: about? <laughs> that's how IT crowd was, it was, uh, the dude from Community was, um, Roy, but Moss was still Moss. So it was just like, it, it was stupid that way, it, Oh, it was just horrible. That and Ross and or Ross <laughs> Moss and Roy are just they what like who they
0: Moss, are amazing. Moss and Rachel Yeah <laughs> that's a crossover I want to see <laughs> That would
2: be interesting I know that uh, when I introduce my friend to it and she doesn't really like she's never worked in an office because she's always been a chef so she doesn't get a lot of office humor but she loved IT crowd especially the one where uh, Moss goes to toss in the coffee and it's the full coffee and that's like her <laughs> favorite thing she's like where he's like oh, I tricked you that was the empty one and he's standing there with coffee all over himself but definitely the the first episode where he's sitting there and letting the phone ring and where <laughs> he asks if you're from the past I, I know I, I basically live IT crowd and ask have you tried turning it off and on again I have a cup from Think Geek that says on it have you tried turning it off and on again
1: <laughs> of course you did. And
2: I specifically walk around with that mug to people's offices, <laughs> be like, "Don't call me unless you've tried that, and then I will see what the problem is." So I guess circle so, back to time travel.
0: Yeah, let's, we're let's, about... let's loop, let's loop back, if you will.
2: <laughs> because we were talking about ghosts. I totally believe in all that stuff—ghosts, paranormal, everything. Really? I, mean, I believe in Nessie. I fucking believe Nessie is real. Are, are you
0: fucking with me, or are no, you? No, being... I am
2: dead serious.
0: You are insane. No. Nessie's real. No fucking way is yep. Loch Ness Monster real. No she way.
2: She lives in the ocean and comes in through an underground tunnel into Loch Ness.
1: Oh my god. And that's
2: why they can't find her. Because <laughs> they found those tunnels that go to the ocean. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I believe in... I don't know how
0: hard you're trolling me right now.
2: No, I, I am being dead serious. You can ask... Anyone that's ever known me, I freaking husband thinks I'm ridiculous too. You're
0: you're a cryptozoologist.
2: Yes. I believe in all that shit. Like Big,
0: <laughs> Bigfoot and fucking
2: yep. el, and el, chu- el Chupacabra? A, we have a Canadian version of Nessie that lives out in BC called Ogopogo. <laughs> what the fuck? It's in uh Okanagan, BC. And my aunt lives there, and it's called Ogopogo, and it's the same sea serpent. It's the same thing. It's that dinosaur that just still lived. Because they found was it um, Coelacanthus? Is that it? The fish? Yeah, yeah. That they found, and it was the dinosaur fish. So Nessie just comes and hangs out in Loch Ness, and then she goes and chills in the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> and I am being dead serious. I believe in the Loch Ness monster. And I, Bigfoot. I'm, and Yeti. I'm oh, my God. And Chupacabra. Chupacabras are just like dogs, though. They're just like wild dogs.
0: It's just the jackal that eats goats, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, same as there's... Um, they're like, oh, there's this giant cat that's roaming around England and they'd show like video of it and it was just like a friggin' jaguar.
1: Yeah,
0: we don't have fucking jaguars here in England. <laughs> that's a big deal. I fucking saw one of those.
2: There's a friggin' kangaroo that lives out in the bush where I live because some crazy ass dude decided he was going to import two fucking kangaroos and yeah. he came out of the truck and the fucking male one just bailed off into the bush and ran out in well, the that- bush. That's you know, not the same as threat. that's not the
0: same as cryptozoology. Kangaroo is a real thing.
2: But it'd be the same with the cat in England. Someone probably just fucking. Absolutely, yeah. It escaped from
0: one of the local zoos. Yeah. It, it, was it was here. It was in Norfolk. Yeah. And my dad and I were walking the dog, and we saw this giant thing. Yep. Off in the off in the distance. I assume I'm sounding like a crazy person here, but <laughs> you've already sounded way more crazy, so I can get away with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, talking of cryptozoology and stuff, have you read a? Um, A comic called Footprints. No. It's really, really good. It's written by, um, Joey Esposito, who does the, um, IGN. He used to be IGN's comic book editor. He's now a a full-time comic writer and he's host of the Assemble After Dark podcast, which is a really good nerdy podcast for anybody out there. Um, and it's Bigfoot as a, like a noir detective. That's awesome. And he's existing, (laughs) he's existing. It's kind of like fables in that he's existing in the real world and he just like shaves a bit more and wears a <laughs> a, a a big like trench coat and a hat and just pretends to oh, be. A, he wears a,
2: a hat that I'm I'm buying
1: that. It's I a very hairy Foot in a
0: hat. <laughs> it's very hairy. Well, it's like a noir detective kind of hat thing. It's awesome. And his brother is Yeti, and the the whole linchpin. <laughs> and he's investigating the murder of Yeti. Yeti oh. gets murdered, and he works with Jersey Devil. And, nice. ne- and Nessie. Nessie is a character. Yeah, and, and, um, uh, who else is there? There's, there's a few more. Oh, um, The Mothman? Mothwoman? Oh, I love Mothman. That is. Man. Mothman? Yeah, that's the thing. And it's fantastic. Uh, Volume 1's already come out and I think he's, he kickstarted Volume 1. I think he's kickstart, he recently kickstarted a, like, one-shot sequel to it as well. And you can right. pick it up on Comicsology for, like, pennies. Pretty much. I think it's like 99 cents or 199 for four issues of comics and it's fantastic. And oh, if you're into, if you're into cryptozoology, cryptozoological creatures, then I highly recommend it.
2: Mothman is actually really good. I love the movie. There was, um.
0: The Mothman movie scared the shit out of me.
2: That was awesome. And it was so funny too because it freaked my husband out, the whole chapstick thing. And. My dad he used to call my husband before we lived together and he'd leave messages on his answering machine that just said, Chapstick! <laughs> <laughs> and he'd like, I'd be sitting there laughing. My dad's like, he'd just call my husband and like just leave the messages on his <laughs> answering machine and laugh to himself. <laughs> and it was so awesome. But yeah, I love the movie. There was, um a documentary that was on Netflix and I was actually super mad because it was like three hours long and they didn't even talk about Mothman until like the last half hour. Is all just about um, the native burial ground or whatever it was in South Carolina or North Carolina or wherever it was. The one where the bridge collapsed and how, like, the ground, there was um, a native guy that had gotten murdered and he, like, cursed them or whatever. And then that's where it came from. Of course. So it was, like, a whole big thing like that, but he didn't even get to Mothman until, like, the last half hour. <laughs> Best documentary that I have seen on Netflix, um, Resurrect the Dead. And it's about the toy and me tiles. And it's like in I wanna say New York, but someone was leaving like like laminate floor tiles and they'd write shit on them and like leave it on in the streets, just randomly like on sidewalks and like actually like in the middle of intersections and stuff. And it was about how um what was it, Space Odyssey, two thousand one, where the guy's like reborn at the end and goes to Jupiter. Yeah, And it was, like, this whole big thing about how we will be reborn on Jupiter or whatever. So there was, like, these people who were just trying to figure out who was leaving these tiles all over New York and stuff and, like, it, totally investigating the thing. But it was such a really good documentary. I would definitely check that out if you like documentaries. Well, was it stuff. called? Um, it's called Resurrect the Dead or, or Resurrect, Resurrect the Dead, okay. Dead, something like that. And it's about um, the Toy and B tiles. And it's, like, T-O-Y... A N B E E, I believe. Um, but yeah, it was super cool, like one of those weird mystery things. And I love all that weird, weird mystery shit. Like I love well the whole cryptozoology thing. I watched um, oh, fucking stupid show. No, I can't remember it, and I don't want to Google it because my computer's far away. <laughs> <laughs> don't be where right, I am on the couch. But it was the dude. His name's Josh Gates, I think. And he'd go around the world and investigate um, oh, this like spots that were supposedly haunted or whatever. So they'd go with their crew and they'd set up cameras and stuff and do overnight, you know, things and check shit out. It's not like the stupid ghost hunter guys, but it was like The Destination Truth. Yes, yes, that was a good show. Because he was always like, oh no, it's actually like this animal or this thing, and kind of just proved them. I I didn't like that they only spent like one night there, I thought they should have spent more time, but it was just kind of cool, because there was one where it was like the forest in Romania, where it's this big circle where nothing grows, and that was the one where like one of the dudes and his crew actually got kind of like attacked by something, and they went back there for another episode, but I like watching shit like that, and then every once in a while I get in a kick at work, or I'm just gonna start looking up like general unsolved mysteries of just weird shit. Like there is um I can't remember his name either. It was like some dude that was found on the beach in the States and he had like just as part of a like book with him and he didn't have any other like ID or anything. And like they never found out who he was. And it was just strange shit like that. So I just get bored once in a while and look up random shit like that online. <laughs> and then I'm like, me and my friend are gonna go out and just start solving unsolved mysteries <laughs> Because I get bored, and I have ADD. (laughs) (laughs) I just get obsessed with an idea for, like, a short period of time, and then move on to something else. But yeah, I totally love all that shit. Ghosts, friggin' aliens. Aliens scare me. (laughs) They weird me out.
0: I worry about you, Mandy. As an (laughs) an astrophysicist, (laughs) you have nothing to worry about from aliens. How can we be
2: the only living things in the whole universe?
0: We, alright, as an astrophysicist, I totally agree with you there. We are absolutely, definitely not the only things out here. There is no fucking way. Uh, Guys, go and Google the Drake equation. It's really dodgy, kind of almost pseudoscience, because it comes up, it's lots of estimations and and rounding of very important numbers, but it kind of gives you an idea of the possible amounts of, like, civilized cultures in the universe you basically get like the number of planets in solar systems that are you know reasonable temperature and distance from their suns and things like that that could house life multiply that by the amount of them in the galaxy multiply that by the amount of galaxies blah blah blah, blah. and it's all these it's very rough estimations and things like that yeah. but it always gives you a fucking huge number and uh yeah I totally agree with you. There is definitely, definitely other life out there in the universe, almost certainly, just for the sheer amount of other things. There has to be. But there is no fucking way that aliens are just hanging out with us right now (laughs) or that they come and visit us and hijack hillbillies and probe probe their asses.
2: (laughs) But how is that any different than when we take, like, lab rats and we go out and grab lab rats and stick them in little lab and you know bins or whatever and like poke them with electrodes and shit how is aliens abducting people yeah. doing experiments any different than us doing that to lower life forms
0: i totally agree with that if aliens show up and they have like faster than light capabilities or intergalactic travel they are so far advanced than us we are basically cockroaches to them, and we will just be used for experiments and going to get cheese through mazes, yeah. and they will just fuck us and probably literally fuck us and do whatever they want with us. So with so that it,
2: reasoning, they could be abducting rednecks to probe them. Why would they be abducting rednecks?
0: Why is it always <laughs> in, insane, really stupid, like, conspiracy theory-believing rednecks?
2: Because what? the aliens know that no one would believe those rednecks. That if they, like, went and abducted, like, Stephen Hawking, people are like, okay.
0: He comes back as, like, a cyborg.
2: Yeah, they're like, we believe this shit now. But that would abduct, be fucking But they abducted, like, you know, Billy Bob from South Carolina, and <laughs> no one's going to believe him. They'll just be like, you got drunk and drove your car off the road. We don't believe you. I think that's why. They know that they are lower life forms.
0: So, back to time travel. <laughs>
2: Uh, it's funny because you just think I'm, like, completely nuts. And I can tell that you can't tell if I'm, like, being serious or not, but I totally am.
0: (laughs) I I now know you're being totally serious. (laughs) I am being
2: serious about aliens and ghosts and Nessie.
0: (laughs) I I entirely disagree with you on all of those things. (laughs) I am a man of science.
2: See, I believe in science. There just isn't proof for them yet.
0: Yeah.
2: We didn't know that there, like, was... Space and planets and shit, and people are like, "Oh, you guys are crazy that there's planets, and you think that the friggin'
0: that is true." But we have revolves
2: around the moon
0: or whatever. We have sufficient like technology, in my opinion, that we could find a fucking giant dinosaur in a fucking lake.
2: No, she's tricky. (laughs) She's tricky.
0: (laughs) She doesn't have a concept of us using sonar and stuff. Like,
2: (laughs) she swims out to the ocean. You don't know what's at the bottom of the ocean.
0: That's true. We don't know what's at the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. There's giant, there's colossal squid and shit. I know that, I know that much. Fucking mega shark versus giant octopus. Exactly. Where do we go past, like, if we find an even bigger one? What's past, like, Titanic squid?
2: Super colossal giant
0: squid. (laughs) Ultra mega squid.
2: Exactly. With laser beams.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Ultra squid 3000.
2: Yep. Have you seen, have you seen Sharktopus? Of course. <laughs> Sharktopus was awesome.
0: Starring Conan O'Brien?
2: Yeah. <laughs> I love those movies. I
0: don't believe in those. Oh, now you don't, now. <laughs> that's now I the, the crazy line. one. <laughs> I don't you don't believe in Mega mega Shark vs. Giant Octopus? No, but I believe or, in those. Or um, Croc, Croczilla vs. Gatosaurus or whatever it is?
2: Yeah, I don't believe in those.
0: Well, you're missing out.
2: But I believe in Nessie. Because why is there one in BC that's the same thing?
0: Because people are superstitious and crazy. <laughs> and, and we, we are we are about g-
2: colossal squids.
0: We're genetically programmed to be scared of giant things that can kill us. And <laughs> we don't want our children drowning in lakes and stuff. So we tell them there's giant big scary things that will kill them. So they don't go drowning in the lake.
2: But there was like the giant squids and then they found colossal squids. So. Yes. There
1: could be we, really we have a sandwich, big, giant then.
2: stuff at the bottom of the ocean. And that's where Nessie yeah, lives. Yeah, but not in a lake. <laughs> but she doesn't live there. She just comes and hangs out. It's like her vacation home.
0: <laughs> what the fuck?
2: <laughs> <laughs> but they found tunnels that go.
0: No, they didn't shut up.
2: They did. I watched the thing on it. They found yeah. tunnels that go to the ocean.
0: Oh, my God.
2: Why can't she just swim out and go to the ocean?
0: <laughs> I'm... I'm... I'm currently looking on LochNessInvestigation.com slash tunnels.
2: Look, I'm going to go and get a grant, and I'm going to come over there, and you're going to come with me, and I will prove you wrong. I'm going to apply for a grant to find Nessie. (laughs) There is tunnels. There is a thing.
0: I'm looking at them right now, and it seems bullshit.
2: No, there was, like, a documentary. They found tunnels, and they didn't know where they went, and they figured they went to the ocean. Mm. Why wouldn't there be tunnels that go to the ocean?
0: Why would there be?
2: Because, like, all the land used to just be one giant piece of land, and then it split, so then there would be tunnels that go to the ocean.
0: can I I refuse to comment on that.
2: (laughs) There is tunnels, though, from Loch Ness that go to the ocean. There was a documentary, and they found them, and that's how she gets out, and that's why they can't find her in Loch Ness.
0: Mm, I'm now on (laughs) Nessie.co.uk. One thing I have noticed, all these cryptozoological sites look like they were built and maintained from
2: 1994. Yeah, I know. There's actually a really good one, though. It's um, the Cryptozoology Museum or something in the States. Oh, dear. And their site doesn't look old. (laughs) But their stuff's mainly just about like Chupacabra and the Jersey Devil and Mothman and Bigfoot. But see, with Bigfoot, because there is Bigfoot and Yeti... And they're in different parts of the world. It makes it more logical that they would be the same thing.
1: That
0: that is not how logic works. <laughs> like multiple similar things seen across the world from each other. Yeah. Does not make them more likely. Yeah, it does. No, it doesn't. Because
2: that's people in different cultures that seen it and they didn't talk to each other.
0: Yeah, people in different culture have dragons, Mandy. <laughs> There's Chinese dragons, there's European dragons, there's various kinds of dragons. There were never dragons.
2: How do you know that there didn't used to be dragons?
0: Because there would be fucking evidence of dragons.
2: That's what dinosaur fossils are.
0: No, God (laughs) put dinosaur fossils there to test our faith. (laughs) To quote Bill Hicks. Yeah. (laughs) So, we worked out, I'm a (laughs) left-wing... Man of science who does not believe in God or aliens or anything like that.
2: Yep. I'm
0: sure I've alienated, pun in, pun, in, pun intended, a bunch of your listeners.
2: I'm just a nut bar who lives in Canada.
0: Yeah, you've, you've alienated the other half, it's fine.
2: I believe in pretty much everything. <laughs> believe in ghosts, believe in Nessie. But see, I believe in aliens, and that's logical.
0: Them... Existing is logical. Then visiting Earth is not logical.
2: But why not? Why couldn't they have technology that was better than ours?
0: They probably do. But if they did, we would probably know about it.
2: No, because they're sneaky.
0: (laughs) That's your answer for everything. (laughs) How come we haven't found Nessa yet? She's a tricky one. Yeah. How come we haven't found aliens? Well, they're sneaky.
2: (laughs) Why wouldn't they be sneaky? They don't want to come in, like, guns blaring if they're just a kind of... Alien species that just wants to check us out and see what's going on. Mm. Do you think that ants in a little, like, ant farm necessarily know we're there watching them? They probably don't. They're just going about their ant business. Aliens could be just sitting here watching us, cloaked in their little spaceships. (laughs) Or just outside our solar system, where we couldn't tell that they're there. That's logical. No, that's not. Because we don't know what's there. (laughs) That's what I think. I think they're just chilling out there in space watching us. I'm not saying they're coming here and friggin' abducting us to do shit on, but they could have the technology to reach us and just be, like, just outside of what we can see and observing us, the same as what we're trying to do and going further and further into space.
0: Yeah, but you'd think they'd try and make contact somehow. Like, ants don't not notice us. Like, we are still giant feet that plummet down and crush their friends. Yeah. They're still aware of our existence.
2: But if the aliens have been observing us, they may not want to make contact with us because as a species we're horrible.
0: I mean, yeah, but most species are pretty horrible.
2: On our planet. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not another one. Not necessarily.
0: But <laughs> they've reached like Star Trek levels of prosperity and just like universal happiness across the world.
2: Yeah, so they're just watching us be horrible to each other, and like, I don't want to fucking talk to them.
0: So we're like reality TV for them, is what you're saying?
2: Yeah, they're just watching us slowly destroy this ourselves. This is
0: like, we're a giant episode of Jerry Springer. Yeah. They watch us to make, feel, make themselves feel better about themselves.
2: There was some movie or TV show or something with that. The
0: Truman Earth, Show?
2: No, where it was like Earth was like a reality show to aliens. Oh,
0: I'm sure there is, yeah.
2: Or it might have been on Futurama.
0: That's quite possible, actually, yeah.
2: And then go with something on there.
0: <laughs> Sorry, back time to time ta- back to time travel. What's your what's your all time favorite time travel movie?
2: Um, I think Butterfly Effect.
0: Intro. I was not expecting that. <laughs> I don't, that's interesting. I don't watch
2: probably like a lot that I can think of offhand. Arguably the most fucked up. Yeah, I think that that's why because it was just like it was one of those ones where he's like, "Okay, I'm gonna try and fix this," and then every time he went back, he just fucked things up even worse to the hey. point where he had to kill himself.
0: Good old Ashton Kutcher.
2: Yeah, and then for some reason they made, like, sequels to it, which were just... Oh, stupid. God. <laughs> Like, they do with everything. Funny I don't know, enough. I've, I've I, never I know. been, like, a huge time travel fan. I like sci-fi to a point, but it's more like space sci-fi, usually, than time travel. I, mean, I can't really think of too much. I mean, there's Back to the Future, right? Of course. But three kind of ruins all of that. <laughs> the Horrible Cowboys.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> so I think... Probably, yeah, I think Butterfly Effect. I mean, when I think of, like, time travel and timelines, and I think that one, just because it's one of those ones where he just made it worse, progressively worse every time he went back to try and fix things.
0: Yeah, uh, another one that is kind of fucked up and also has a bunch of terrible sequels is Donnie Darko.
2: Yeah. do you I mean sequels of Donnie Darko?
0: Oh, yeah. There's S. Darko, which is his sister, which is not played by Maggie Gyllenhaal. Weird. Completely separate spin-off thing, and it went straight to DVD, and it's fucking terrible.
2: <laughs> yeah, Donnie Darko was pretty good. And that's one of those ones, too, that you don't really think of as a time travel movie. Exactly.
0: I, li- I like throwing it out there. I I love the Bill and Ted films as well.
2: Oh, those are so good.
0: And so fucking stupid. <laughs> and completely ridiculous. What up, Socrates? Yeah. <laughs> Amazing.
2: <This is> awesome. <laughs> And so that was the rarer one, too, where the sequel was just as good.
0: Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and Terminator, another sequel that is damn good. Yeah. Terminator, two, Terminator 2 is fantastic. And another time travel movie. Yeah. Classic, classic Arnie.
2: And see, so that one's weird, too, because it's more in the category of action. And I bet a lot of people that watch it don't think of it as a time travel sci-fi movie. They is- think of it as just as, like, an Arnie action movie.
0: I can see what they mean. But that's crazy.
2: That's how I think that lots of people view it.
0: What <laughs> about? okay, how do you classify Groundhog Day?
2: That's that's te-
0: te- Technically, time travel, maybe.
2: Yeah, but I think it's more like a fantasy because it could just been that he was just crazy.
0: Yeah, and it's <laughs> it's it's broken by love. So yeah, not really science.
2: Yeah, <laughs> it's like some strange sci-fi rom-com combination. <laughs> well, there's what the Stupid one with Rachel McAdams or whatever, The Time Traveler's Wife.
0: <laughs> yeah, I hate
2: that. I haven't seen it, but i just seen the previews for it. I can't stand romantic comedies. <laughs> I think it's because it's like, you know what's going to happen. That you know it's going to be a happy ending. And it's like, the guy's trying to get the girl, and then something happens where she doesn't like want to be with him anymore, and then he wins her back. Something like that. That's basically the formula for it. See, I don't know, like, when I said I haven't really seen... Well, I mean, the more you talk about it, too, I think of, like, yeah, okay, Terminator's time travel and Donnie Darko's time travel. But Terminator's a weird one, too, because it doesn't really mess with timelines. There's nothing really in it about timelines. Like, I know they're coming back to try and change it, but it's not like they don't really show that anything's been changed in the future as they go along.
0: Until they did um, Salvation. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't do the the looper thing of flicking back between timelines or something like that and showing... As John Connor does this, this happens or whatever. Yeah, that's yeah. what you mean.
2: And circles back too, which is kind of funny because we keep talking about Christian Bale. That's <laughs> <laughs> so he's back to Christian Bale.
0: As all good conversations do. Because
2: <laughs> he was in, was it three? Yeah.
0: Yeah, he's, he's in Salvation. That's where the infamous, no, fuck you. Yeah. You're fucking unprofessional, man. <laughs> Him freaking out, Christian Bale rant. There's amazing, there's a fantastic remix of that. Yeah, I've heard that. That's awesome. No! No, fuck, no! You're <laughs> fucking unprofessional, no! It's so good. Ridiculous. Yeah,
2: that's definitely awesome.
0: Here's, here's one from my childhood that I forget is a time travel movie, which makes no sense because it is, Flight of the Navigator.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: I fucking love that movie. That was a good but movie. But I, I think I love it entirely through nostalgia. I don't think it's actually any good, but I'm not sure. <laughs>
2: it's just you remember it being good yeah
0: that's, that's alien abduction and time travel there's something for the both of us there
2: yeah I mean, that's how like a lot of movies that I think when I watch them as a kid were like oh this is so fucking good and then now I'm like this fucking is horrible the best is the one Canadian one that has nothing to do with time travel but the peanut butter solution oh my god <laughs> you, you, I think it's I'm pretty sure it's on YouTube but it's basically like how peanut butter will grow this kid's hair back and then some crazy guy decides to use that hair to make magic paintbrushes <laughs> And it's, like, a French-Canadian movie from the 80s.
1: <laughs>
2: so it's fantastic. But that's just, like, I think it's one of those things, too. where You know, it was, like, it was awesome when you were a kid and you're like, this is terrible. Uh Eureka yeah. had time travel in it. It does, yeah, yeah. Where they went back to the 40s, and then it fucked things up. And yep. it changed it. But see, that was the one, too, where they could get back to their original selves. And see, that's the other thing, too, this weird time trial. Okay, so say you go back in time. What happens to you in the present day? You're not there because you went back in time. But when you go back in time, there's the two of you. So there's, like, the old you and then there's the present you that's back in that timeline. But then there's the movies where they just send your consciousness back.
0: Like Days of Future Past.
2: Yeah, which I actually just watched the other day, too. But Great, so that isn't one's, Really good. That one's kind of strange, too, because I'm like, okay, so Wolverine comes back. To present day or whatever, and Professor X is like, "Oh, you know, welcome back or whatever." And Wolverine's like, "Oh, I can't, you know, I don't remember anything for the last thirty years." So was that Wolverine in the present time for those thirty years just a fucking zombie and going through the daily motions, or was it the old consciousness that got wiped out when he came back into his present day?
0: Because it's, it's, I think it's like the Looper thing where it it immediately affects the thing. It doesn't doesn't mean he's been in a coma essentially for thirty years. It just it's actually like a memory wipe kind of thing.
2: Yeah, so his consciousness came back, and then the old consciousness just disappeared. And that's why he yeah. didn't have memory of it. Yeah. Which is strange. Yeah.
0: Another another great one, the Superman movie. Classic. So, yeah. Got some time travel in it.
2: I'm not a fan of Superman.
0: Just in general?
2: Yeah, just in general.
0: Fair enough.
2: <laughs> I don't like Superman. I did actually just re-watch the first two Superman movies. Few months ago, because I'm like, ah, I guess I'll watch Superman. Never-
0: as long as you don't want, they're basically the same film, though. Yeah, and as long I'm as you them. don't watch Quest for Peace. No, that's one of the worst things I've ever experienced.
2: <laughs> but that thing too, right? So Superman <laughs> decides he's going to spin back around the Earth to go back in time, when really would <laughs> just destroy the planet.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I have a I have a theory about that actually. <laughs> um, I love uh, and for those of you who don't know. Dr. Neil deGrasse Tyson he is a wonderful, amazing physicist, astrophysicist. Uh, he hosts the Star Talk radio podcast, and also he's the host of the new Cosmos series yeah. that they did recently. Um, and he talks about the effects of the Earth spinning around the other way. It actually makes no difference which way it spins, but the fact, the idea of it stopping and then turning, is where it all goes horribly wrong. Yeah, it would. If gravity. you stop. Yeah, if you stop, if it stops turning, then everybody basically gets thrown in the direction that you stop, because that momentum's got to go somewhere.
1: Yeah. That's
0: the conservation of momentum. If you stop something, you are absorbing the energy. So if you stop something, everything on Earth moves like a thousand miles west.
1: Yeah.
0: Everything, like tectonic plates, everything just shifts and including humans. So we would all go flying. I would go flying into the ocean, basically, and it would be unpleasant. But (laughs) the theory for Superman spinning the world back around is that he is not actually spinning the Earth himself. He's flying around the Earth and turning back time, and that causes the Earth spin to... So the actual spin itself is a way of showing that Earth is going backwards in time. Yeah. It's not physically spinning the other way. He's not making it, like, turning it with his momentum. He's turning back time somehow, who knows. But, and then the the Earth happens to spin the other way because it's undoing the previous 24 hours.
2: For movie effect.
0: Yes. <laughs> another, another classic that is often not thought of as time travel, but is Planet of the Apes.
2: Yeah, I guess technically it is.
0: Yeah, no, not Technically, it absolutely is. Well, yeah. The, ape, I mean, the apes come from the future at one point.
1: Yeah.
0: In the third one, what the battle? No, battle two, isn't it? Return of return. or under? Yeah, return is when they travel back in time. They literally blow up Earth, and that's why they travel back. But I mean, literally blow up Earth, not not kind of destroy it like we're doing to the environment.
1: Yeah.
0: They they physically blow the planet up, and oh no, we have to time travel back, kind of thing. It's ridiculous, and I love that series of movies. Have you seen uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes yet? By the way.
2: No, I haven't seen the new one. I wasn't a big fan of the first one. Mark oh, Walker.
0: Rise is good. Dawn is much better.
2: See, I like the old ones
0: because Mark Wahlberg,
2: old cheesy 60s. yeah.
0: James Franco.
2: No, in the the first one. Oh God, no! Fuck, fuck that.
0: <laughs> That's not the first one. That's Tim Burton's atrocity. Yeah. Rise and Dawn are totally separate. Fuck, yeah, f- f- s- Tim oh, Burton. Yeah, I forgot I that did it. Oh my redid god. Redid don't, don't again. bring back those memories. Jesus I forgot that that film existed for a few seconds. <laughs> I was living in blissful ignorance for a few seconds.
2: I, I prefer the Charlton Heston. Don't be apes.
1: <laughs>
0: oh absolutely, yeah. Heston, as much as I dislike Charlton Heston as a person. Yeah. I much or, prefer his- On a personal his, level. <laughs> yeah, on a personal level, he's a dick. <laughs> But that film is much better than Tim Burton and Mark Holberg's version. But I love Rise and Dawn. I think they're fucking fantastic. I hi- highly, highly recommend them. Do you want to see Andy Serkis basically be Oscar worthy for playing a chimp? I <laughs> uh, don't. It, it's not a trivial thing. He is phenomenally good as Caesar. It is a thing of the CG in that film is just insane and, and almost worth the price of admission alone.
2: See, and I'm like, I'm not really that big a fan of CG. I prefer movie effects to be movie effects and without animation.
0: Absolutely, I agree with you.
2: Like I prefer makeup
0: over. Oh yeah, F- physical effects are almost always better. But this film does CG. There are points, there's an orangutan character called Maurice, and there are points where I'm convinced it's a real orangutan. <laughs> like the camera pans very close to his face, and you know orangutans have got those like big fleshy cheeks. Yeah, they're like these big round faces. And that skin looks, it's quite rough in real life, and it it looks really rough and really sort of, like, coarse. And then it's also covered in tiny little hairs, and you see all these tiny little hairs on that bit of his face, and it's some of the best CGI I've ever seen in my life.
2: Yeah, and it's it was,
0: come a long way. Yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, well, I'll have to check them out and download them Add uh, it to my list.
0: Yeah, I recommend them. And uh since we're getting pretty long here, I feel we can't leave without talking about Doctor Who I feel
2: I actually I haven't really like I've watched a bit of the ones from the 60s and I I know like I know what Doctor Who is and I know like a lot of the mythology or whatever behind it but I actually just found on I think it's on Hulu it's called a uh, Doctor Who Ultimate Guide and I started watching it the other day I haven't finished it yet but it actually goes through. The whole history of doctor who wow because i wanted to kind of start like looking at doctor who and figure like trying to figure out where to jump in and start watching it without having to watch you know from, <laughs> back from the first doctor kind of thing but it's actually really cool because it goes through every single doctor and it goes through the daleks and the friggin' cyborg man or whatever and goes through, like, all the different companions he had throughout the whole series and everything. And it goes right up to the 12th Doctor. That's pretty awesome. And it's only, I think it's, like, two hours long. I've got about halfway through it.
0: That's pretty intense. It sounds like a lot for two hours.
2: Yeah, it is. But it's, it's kind of cool, because it's like, oh, bring me up to date and I can start watching Doctor Who. <laughs>
0: just, just jump straight in with Peter Capaldi.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Although I'll probably go, like, a few Doctors back and catch up that You, way. you can... Easily start
0: with Eccleston.
2: Yeah, I've just start
0: from there. Start from the modern doc. Even that hasn't aged very well. Some of the first series stuff with Eccleston is really like the CG in that is bollocks. Yeah, is really bad. <laughs> and uh but I I love Tennant. Tennant is my all time favourite. As controversial as that is, I also like Five Peter Davidson as well. Um, and yeah, they're, they're my favorite doctors. but I'm so excited to see Capaldi because I'm not a big Matt Smith fan. And I'm sure I've been saying things that will offend your listeners throughout this <laughs> show. That's probably the most offensive thing I've said so far. <laughs> and that's saying something for me on a podcast. <laughs> I, I don't particularly like the 11th Doctor and people lose their shit at me. I was like, I did not connect with him at all. And I thought uh, so much, there's so much shit in those seasons. But most people love it, apparently. But I I don't. I don't get it. I'm really looking forward to the. Apparently, there's going to be a quite huge like tonal shift. He's not going to be because he's no longer younger. I mean, he's what twenty years older than Capaldi's twenty three years older than Smith, or something like that.
2: And wasn't there a thing though too, like how he was only supposed to last like through ten regenerations or something?
0: That is thirteen. Yeah. He can regenerate 12 times to have 13 different incarnations.
2: Yeah, so then this would be like the last one.
0: Uh, yeah, you need to catch up. They've already explained this. <laughs> this. This is actually... This is actually... Well, huge spoilers if you haven't seen the <laughs> Doctor Who Christmas special from last year, from 2013. This is all explained. Um, there is another incarnation of the Doctor played by John Hurt, who is in between... Eight, the Doctor Who movie. You could watch the Doctor Who movie, actually. That's quite good, with Paul McGann. Paul McGann's fantastic. Um, And that directly leads on to Christopher Eccleston. But they planned to do a lot more with the Eighth Doctor, McGann, but they didn't have a budget for it or whatever, and it fell through. And instead, they just kind of left it and then rebooted it, like, ten years later, twenty years later, wherever it was. Um, And in between there, it's kind of hinted at that Christopher Eccleston's Ninth Doctor is the guy that survived a thing called the Time War, which is this big thing between the Time Lords and the Daleks that basically changed the universe as we know it, and it's this big cataclysmic event, essentially. And it's kind of hinted at that he's the the remnant, he's the survivor of the Time War because he's quite dark and quite brooding at times, and he... You can see the sort of... Eccleston's playing it very differently to sort of the chirpy, cheeky doctors of the past. Yeah, And... In the Christmas special, they introduce a character called the War Doctor, played by John Hurt, and he is the, essentially the regeneration that he must be to fight in this war. So that adds another one, so actually Matt Smith is the last one. He's the 13th Doctor, technically. And at the end, which really kind of pissed me off, they don't really explain it, but he, the Time Lords magically grant him another set of regenerations.
1: Yeah. So it starts over.
0: Yeah, they've done this to um, the Master, which is his main, like, arch-nemesis, who's a fellow Time Lord. He's had different sets of regenerations as well. He's given them up before, he's properly died before, and then come back for no apparent reason. All sorts of crazy shit. And so Capaldi is technically, well, he's technic- he's sort of 12. He's also sort of a brand-new Doctor set, but he also directly regenerated from Smith. So it kind of doesn't make any sense, but it's awesome.
2: I think that that's, like, one of the coolest things they ever did for a show, too, because it's so easy to be like, okay, so we're replacing the main guy. Yeah, this is why. He's just regenerating to another one. So, yep. another, like, that's why the show's been able to be on forever. and Yeah,
0: well, that's why it's the longest-running yeah. sci-fi show of all time.
2: And it totally, like, can make sense for replacing the lead actor, because, like, oh, nope, just regenerated. You know, I mean, no other shows yeah. you can really replace the, the lead actor and keep the same character. Exactly, is yeah.
0: Which it. I mean, you can even maintain... We're gonna see this, we haven't seen this very much so far, but maintaining a companion throughout a, from a transition from doctor to doctor. Yeah. That happens quite a lot in the early ones because he would be out on a mission with one of the companions. He would get shot or killed or whatever and regenerate like mid episode or whatever, which never happens now. They have a huge massive cataclysmic Christmas episode thing that (laughs) <laughs> is horrendously spoiled by all the teasers and stuff. Back in the day we had no idea I say this like I was alive in the <laughs> 60s, but when I was growing up as a kid and watching these, I didn't know, you know, um Peter Davidson was about to turn into Colin Baker. I didn't yeah. know when that was going to happen and when he genuinely died and his face changes, it kind of blew my mind. Whereas now they announced Peter Capaldi like 18 months ago. Yep. Before Smith was even finished filming or anything. It's ridiculous. And I I would have loved... Because there's an amazing moment in that Christmas special where you get a glimpse of Capaldi. It's the first official glimpse of him as the doctor. It's just his eyes. (laughs) And if that was the reveal, I would have lost my mind and just (laughs) had a nerdgasm and freaked out and, like, this is the best thing ever. But they hyped it up. They had a whole... Like, hour-long special of people, random celebrities, just talking about Doctor Who and stuff. Wow. And then finally, the next Doctor is Peter Capaldi! And he had a little interview, and that was it. I was like, just leave it as a teaser. Keep it... In this day of internet and paparazzi and stuff, you, there's no surprises anymore. No. And that, that upsets me.
2: Everything gets spoiled. Exactly. See that doesn't bother me. I don't mind spoilers. Sometimes I seek them Oh out. no, you're not no. Ah, <laughs> oh, you're one of those
0: people. For some uh, things. <laughs> free on the intercomics podcast. She is. She will outright spoil things for other people, and she goes out. She will like before she goes and sees a movie. She will read the Wikipedia article that details the plot. There's.
2: Because um, she
0: because do, she doesn't like surprises. See,
2: she'd like the site. It's called themoviespoiler.com, and it's Bad. like just a listing of movies and it's the whole movie basically
0: why would you do that <laughs> that doesn't make any sense
2: i do it for some movies or if like, i have seen it and i'm like i don't know if i want to watch this or i, I want to know what it's about but i don't actually want to watch it
0: huh. <laughs> but if it's something if it's something you're you're genuinely interested in like well, what's the movie you're in, you're excited for at the moment <laughs> like, episode, episode seven you're excited for episode seven um no. I kind
2: of am, but the last <laughs> three kind of took that away. Like I was yeah. for Phantom Menace, and I was like, "Oh, this, this is what it is."
0: There's an amazing, <laughs> amazing uh, quote from. uh We're going going off on Star Wars tangent. Apparently, Um Peter Serafinovich, who is one of my favourite British actors, he does the voice of Darth Maul. Oh yeah, but he he's not the the body actor. He just does. The, he just uh, Just does the a uh, glass master. We will have our revenge. That moment. Yeah. Um, and he went to the premiere. He didn't get invited, he didn't get tickets, Where well, he did get invited, but they didn't buy any tickets for him or anything like that. He had to fly out to America, buy his own <laughs> flights and everything. But he thought, fuck it, I'm in Star Wars, I ha- kind of have to go. Yeah. And it was the first time the whole cast had sort of sat down and watched the whole movie, and about 30 minutes in, everybody starts kind of looking around and going, this is really bad. Yeah what did we make? How did this? <laughs> and you see, like, you apparently see, like, and McGregor look at Liam Neeson and go, well, we were quite good. <laughs> what else happened? And then, you know, Natalie Portman looks around like, yeah, this is really... And every kind of dawned on the whole audience that they've made a terrible film, and they only realise that, of course, post-CG, where Jar Jar Binks is added in and <laughs> fucking boss Nass and all that shit
2: yeah yeah um well I was really excited for Guardians and I went into that actually not knowing anything about it there Um, we go that's
1: better my husband had started reading
2: he got the trades I think a couple months ago or when they came out or whatever and he was starting to just starting to read them and like knowing that we were coming up and I actually went into it knowing literally nothing about any of that because I'm more of a DC fan than Marvel anyways so I knew nothing about any of the characters or, you know, anything that was happening in it. Um and he actually kinda of spoiled part of it for me before we went to it, but I was kind of happy because I would have been destroyed if he hadn't spoiled what he had. Um, I don't know if people haven't seen Guardians yet, so if you have, this is a spoiler. But he told me that basically Groot doesn't die completely, that he re you know, he can be regenerated. Yeah. So, he told me that, like, right before we went to see it, and then I'm like, well, I kind of was happy for that, cause I would have been completely devastated <laughs> when he died in the movie if I knew he wasn't coming back. But then he's like, oh, I shouldn't have told you, you know, it ruined it for you. I'm like, it didn't really ruin it for me, cause it was still sad.
0: Yeah, know? but that's the whole point of that moment, is the emotional impact, so you just had the entire emotional impact of that moment just taken away from you. Not really. That's the, prob- was that's the problem with spoilers. Really yeah, but sad. it's not the same, though, is it?
2: I think that that part still had impact though because it was feeling the empathy for rocket really so it wasn't completely ruined
0: it wasn't completely ruined but i feel it was diminished significantly
2: it, it probably was but
0: i mean cuz i i've read guardian's books but i thought holy shit they just killed rocket Ro- uh, kill groot sorry yeah i'm impressed that they went that that far but they didn't so <laughs>
2: and then and then you have the whole little baby dancing groot which is the best ba- thing ever
0: yeah, you need to monetize that as soon as possible. Well,
2: and it's funny, too, because there's that guy that made one.
0: Yeah, there's a the couple of them on Etsy.
2: Yeah, and when we were li- literally, like, leaving the theater, and because I tend to make random shit, like I make the stuff bunnies I want to make from Alice in Wonderland, and I made um from the movie Nine, the animated one.
0: Oh, yeah, I, I love made, that movie.
2: I made one of those guys out of, like, burlap and copper wire. So I, like... I'll see shit, and I'll just be like, fuck it, I can make that. Like, why we around to buy one, I'll just make it. And we're literally walking out of the theater, and I'm like, I I should make a group I should make a little baby dancing group And I was like, yeah, you know, it was like those old flowers, the dancing flowers that de- used to dance to music. And my friend used to have one when we were kids, and I'd always play with it. And then now it's like, you know, a week or two later, and that's what the guy did. He bought one of the little dancing flowers and just covered yep. it up as a baby group. So <laughs> there you go. But that's, like, I think the best thing ever. And literally, we walked out of the theater, and I was like, Groot's kind of the best thing ever. (laughs) Especially little baby dancing Groot.
0: It seems a lot of of people's opinion is that Groot was the best thing about that film.
2: Yeah. Like, even just, like, the whole dynamic between him and Rocket, too. Like, the whole movie was good. But just even, like, you know, how he's, like, always, you know basically treating him like, oh, he's stupid and whatever, like rocking to group, but then he obviously he loves him and cares about him. It's just one of those relationships. Yeah, totally. I think that, like, the movie had me, though, where it was, like, the opening, the actual, like, opening credits where he's dancing around with his friggin' Walkman on in the cave. I'm like, okay, right there you have me. (laughs) That was...
0: Yeah, I had the other post-credit scene spoiled for me. The, uh... Seriously, if you haven't seen Guardians, massive spoilers. yeah. Howard the Duck shows up, yeah. and I had that. I had that spoiled for me the day before I went and saw it. I was like, okay, at least it's not plot. Yeah. But Jesus Christ.
2: And that is, that was just bizarre too. <laughs> but it's one of those things too. Like, with at least you know that there's like after credit scenes.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, fun fact about dancing group, by the way, that is uh motion capture. The dancing.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah, I saw yeah. there was something that said who it was, but I didn't read it.
0: It's James Gunn.
2: Oh yeah. James <laughs> Gunn himself.
0: And a couple of his friends, after they saw the movie, texted him saying, I recognize those dance moves, James. <laughs> Your baby Groot, aren't you? He's like, shit, yeah. They totally recognize me. <laughs> Apparently that's his go to move was the wiggly arm thing.
2: That's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was I don't know, I think that was definitely like one of the best movies I've seen in a long time. The so one Absolutely. I'd seen before that was, uh, Neighbors with Seth Rogen.
0: Oh dear.
2: Which I, was a big disappointment.
0: I saw Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, then the next week saw Guardians, and they're like, probably my two favorite movies of the year so far. Yeah. And that includes Captain America Winter Soldier, which is fucking fantastic, and I really like Godzilla as well.
2: We haven't seen Godzilla, but, we just watched, uh, Winter Soldier, I think last week.
0: Fantastic, isn't
2: it? Yeah, it was really good. I like the Captain America movies. I wasn't a big fan of the Thor ones.
0: No, I think the Thor ones are the weakest of the of the bunch.
2: Yeah, By far. Iron Man is yeah. the best because I love Robert Downey Junior.'s Tony Stark. So he
0: is Tony Stark.
2: And I always get like a chip or Two because i was like, you don't like Iron Man, you like Tony Stark, and I'm like, yeah, I like Tony Stark because <laughs> those are just great. And Avengers yeah. Two is going to be awesome.
1: But.
0: Yeah, Age of Ultron.
2: I think I just think it's so funny. Like as we had this talk with the guy at the comic book store we go to about how mainstream comics and geek culture has gotten. Yeah, totally. Where it's just like regular hours before, we'd be like, "Oh, comic book movies!" Like, you know, it's only certain people that would go see them, and now it's like they're the the highest grossing movies. Is comic yep. book movies nerd movies more than? The Marvel else.
0: franchise is the highest grossing movie franchise of all time.
2: Yeah. And it's
0: insane. It's
2: comics. Like, it's nerd stuff. Like,
0: real nerd stuff.
2: Yeah. Who, um,
0: imagine how many millions, billions of people had never heard of The Winter Soldier yeah. before this year.
2: Well, exactly. And it's like Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, I didn't even know who they were. Like, exactly, you're... Dead, the movie first coming out, and then I'd see them at the comic store, and I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, there it is up on the wall, you know?
0: You're pretty fucking nerdy.
2: Yeah. Ever and you, you weren't store. aware of... Every week.
0: Um, yeah.
2: <laughs> and I was just like, oh, you know, this new movie came. I'm like, oh, who's the Guardians of the Galaxy? And then we're back at the comic store, and they, you know, have the special covers up on the wall. I'm like, oh, okay. You know, there's the special covers up there, and that's what it is. But then I was always like, like I said, I was more DC fan than Marvel anyways. So I don't know Fair much enough. about Marvel. <laughs> Which is funny, because that's like what all the movies are. <laughs> and then you get the horrible Batman-Superman mess. Ah, uh, the
0: batman suit man mess.
2: I love that. Have
0: you seen the teaser from Comic-Con, by the way?
2: Um, no, I haven't seen the teaser for that one.
0: Have you, I seen you the have, pictures. I, oh, you, you know about it then, good.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But what's funny too is like, just the promo picture recently, like in the last couple of weeks with uh, Ben Affleck as Bruce Wayne. Yeah. I was like, oh, here's a picture of him as Bruce Wayne. I'm like, it just looks like Ben Affleck. It's Ben
0: Affleck <laughs> in a suit, in a shirt and tie. Yeah. Right.
2: <laughs> really, I'm like, oh, I went to... Ben, ben Affleck's
0: growing his hair a little bit and yeah, shaved.
2: I wouldn't Very... be able to tell what that was. I would just been like, oh, it's just Ben Affleck. And they're like, oh, it's him as Bruce Wayne. I'm like, oh, it's... If, they'd, if they'd have said that's
0: like a paparazzi, candid picture. Yeah. I'd have been like,
2: wow, he's a snappy dresser. Yeah, I'd be like, oh, yeah, it's just Ben Affleck being Ben Affleck. <laughs> like, I know there's all the people that are like, oh, it's going to be horrible, and how can Ben Affleck be batman but then i'm also like yeah but that's what people said about heath ledger
0: like- well my my problem with the current dc cinematic universe is definitely not ben affleck i like ben affleck my problem is Zack snyder and david goya yeah both of both of which i think are bad filmmakers and bad writers for a start and bad people so i try not to support them because they both in interviews they both seem like dicks david goya's recent thing i did a huge rant on the Intercomics podcast a couple of months ago when David Goya did an interview about Wonder Woman and female characters, oh,
1: yeah.
0: and he went off, and he is a sexist, misogynistic asshole. Yeah. And he is terrible at writing convincing dialogue, and just he just completely ignores characters, essentially. Like, the Man of Steel could be any character. It's yeah. not a Superman movie at all.
2: It was just strange.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And he does that with everybody. He was talking about another um oh he yeah, he was talking about using Martian Manhunter, who is another member of the Justice League. Yeah. Who is probably the weirdest, wackiest member of the Justice League. Yeah. And and he was saying, Oh, there's no way we could call him Martian Manhunter, that's such a stupid name. We'd have to just call him Manhunter or something. Like, <laughs> you
1: can't just fuck, change his name.
0: Fuck you, David <laughs> Goyer. You didn't even call the guy Superman in Man of Steel. Yeah. You never call him Man of Steel either, you ungrateful fuck.
2: I think the problem with the DCs having is they're trying to go too serious. Absolutely, and yeah, they're taking themselves way
0: too seriously.
2: And Marvel is sticking to fun comic book feel, and I think that that's why they're doing so well, and they're cranking out movie after movie after movie in, yeah. in the last few years.
0: How Absolutely. many Marvel
2: movies, and then they're like, like Batman Begins was good.
0: Fantastic, and though. And,
2: you know, and then you get to, like, the shit that was Bane. But, I thought Dark Knight
0: Rises was a piece of shit.
2: Yeah, like, friggin', you know, you get to that, but it's, even those ones, like, it was good, and I can see Batman being serious and fitting the whole noir world, because that's what it is. That's what Batman But
0: Superman is. is not that.
2: No, exactly. And they,
0: Superman... they did that fucking image of him standing in the rain, looking upset. Yeah. Like, fuck you, I want to see Superman, he's the big blue Boy Scout. He's the American Dream.
2: Superman is DC's Captain America.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The same kind of thing. They should be teasing him about his like, you know, American country upbringing and stuff like that, and him being kind of a bit bumbling. And he's a bit bumbling. He's a bit stupid. Mm -hmm. Like he's not the genius detective like Batman is. He's not a he's not a super genius like I don't know Mister Fantastic or I'm jumping universes though I know but. Yeah. His defining characteristic is not his intelligence or anything like that. It's it's his his hope, it's his
1: goodness.
0: his goodness. He's the definition of a person who was raised right and Kevin Costner is a dick in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, No, don't worry about it, kill those kids. Like,
1: yeah. But I could <laughs>
0: save a bunch of kids is like nah. No. They might they might tease you about it. Or perhaps Kevin Costner. They'll see him as a superhero.
2: Yeah, exactly. I think oh, my that God. Why, it's, like, it's
0: almost like, like he's a Superman.
2: I think that that's why, like, the old Christopher Reeve ones were awesome, because he he brought that to the character. Absolutely. Like, I'm not a huge fan of Superman. I think that the character in general is just arrogant and annoying. But watching the old ones with Christopher Reeve, but, and he's, like, bumbling reporter Clark Kent, and, you know, he's yeah. like, Oh, you know, I can't get the girl because I'm super, you know, I'm Clark Kent, and whatever, and it's just, like... That whole, he brought the personality out of the comics to that, whereas the new ones, it's they're trying to make him into brooding Batman, it seems. And that's not what Superman is. So it was just Absolutely, definitely,
0: I, I agree. Definitely. They're trying to turn everything into Batman, and yeah. it's pissing me off.
2: And, like, you know, even, like, with the Wonder Woman picture, like, it's all dark and, like, brown shit. And then you see the recolored version that people photoshopped where it just looks awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 You give it the blue and the red and yeah. stuff. And you're like, oh, that's what Wonder Woman's supposed to look like.
2: Yeah, you're like, oh, I know what that is now. It's Wonder Woman, whereas before it's like, oh, it's chicken, like, what, Roman gear? Like, is this from the new 300 movie? <laughs> what is this from? And I think that that's the problem that DC is having is they're just trying to... Go too dark and serious and take themselves way too seriously. And Marvel capitalized on it right off the bat or it's
0: yeah. not. Have you seen, have you seen that, um, image of, uh, it, movie it's movie like, thing? yeah, 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 yeah. It's the DC arguing with Marvel. Yeah. And DC's like, oh, we really want to make a Wonder Woman movie. We don't really have the audience to, Hey, fuck you. Have a talking raccoon in a tree. Yeah. It's like, well, I don't know. Maybe we could. I'm not sure if people will grasp onto, like, a female character like, fuck you, Black Widow solves everything in the Avengers. Yeah. And it's like, Marvel winning all the arguments and DC being like, uh, well, maybe, maybe we could do this thing. And it's like, fuck you, we're making Guardians of the Galaxy. It's going to make more money than Man of Steel. Yeah. Fuck you, basically. Well,
2: and it's so funny, too, because, like, even if you go back to, like, yeah, Heath Ledger was an awesome Joker, But if you made a movie where it was, like, a Marvel-style Joker, where you go back to, like, where it was just the crazy, ridiculous Joker who's just a psychopath, and it'd just be, like, a little campy and everything, I think that would be awesome.
0: Absolutely. Instead
2: of, like, yeah, like, Heath Ledger's in a completely different category for Joker. But making it, like, cartoony Joker would just be awesome, too, where he's just got, like, friggin' poison pies and shit, you know? I think that would be something that people would pay to see. And then you can get Harley Quinn in there.
1: <laughs> yeah, totally.
2: <laughs> but that's, that's why I think. the DC is trying to go way too serious with it. And that's why they're having such a hard time. And even friggin' Batman versus Superman mess that it's going to be, obviously I'm going to go watch it because it's Batman. But I think that it's just, it's going to be one of those things where it's just way too serious. And it, it's comic book movie. It's, it shouldn't be serious. That's not what. Comic Absolutely, books are.
0: <laughs> should be full of fun and ridiculousness and colorful characters.
2: Yeah, and that's definitely where Marvel capitalized on it. Yep. I mean, I will watch Marvel movies, but I'll read DC comics.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but in my opinion, I think the fifty New Fifty Two has the same problem.
2: Yeah. It's kind
0: of it's kind of whitewashed with being too taking itself way too seriously, and it's all got that kind of. uh what's it called, like a house style, where all the art is kind of similar and stuff. And yeah. the books I like at DC are the ones that really branch out. Like the current run on Detective Comics by uh, Francis Manopoul and Brian Bucciolato. I fucking love that series. I love Azarello and Chang's Wonder Woman as well. That's one of my absolute favorite series right now. Yeah. And it's because they're so different from everything else DC is doing. They feel more like image books or some of the stuff that Marvel's doing, like Hawkeye and stuff like that where they don't feel tied into... It doesn't have to be a superhero. It's just a really good comic book that happens to feature superheroes. It's not an integral, big, epic Batman saga thing or whatever. It's just like, just tell good stories with good characters. It doesn't matter what they're like or who they are.
2: One of the hilarious ones, too, is my husband gets the Batman 66 ones, and it's flipping through those where it's like old campy, you know, Batman and Robin fighting crime, like the old TV show.
0: Yeah, they're doing
2: uh,
0: Batman 66 meets the Green Hornet at the moment in in some of the comics, and it's ridiculous.
2: Yeah, like, I think that that's... I mean, that's what the comics should be. They're supposed to be fun.
0: Absolutely, yeah, totally.
2: It's supposed to be something that's, like, super serious. If I want a serious movie, I'll watch a friggin' horror movie or something, you know? Yeah,
0: go and and watch a drama film.
2: exactly. I'm not going to sit there and be like, oh, you know... I'm gonna go watch a Batman movie because I'm looking for something super serious. Exactly. Christian Bale Batman, cause I'll watch the shit out of that. But.
1: Because he takes <laughs> himself very seriously.
2: <laughs> and I have to say, like as shitty as Dark Knight Rises as the bane, I like there's um the song on YouTube where it's like him rapping or is bane rapping, and that's just hilarious. Yeah. There is time bane over and over. And his weird Bane voice. <laughs> that makes up for the movie being shitty, in my opinion.
0: I, I quite, do quite like Tom Harley's performance in that, but it is... The whole film makes no sense, and the plot is just non-existent. and yeah. It just breaks all of its own rules. It's just... I'm fine with Looper kind of being a bit fantastical, in the same way that, like, Groundhog Day, there are no rules. It's kind of just make it up as it goes along. Looper doesn't... I mean, it does contradict itself a couple of times, but not hugely. It doesn't make a huge difference whether Bruce Willis fully disappears or whether he leaves his clothes behind. Yeah. And that's just an extra little touch. Whereas Dark Knight Rises like fundamentally contradicts some stuff. They're so grounded in reality in Begins and The Dark Knight that it kind of constricts what can happen in Rises and really fucks everything up. And then they try and do something big and ridiculous. Like, hey, here's a nuke. We've got a nuclear bomb that can be only d- disarmed by one dude. Like, that's not how things work.
2: Yeah, exactly. And then, like, I guess obviously they're trying to end it because with him, like, taking off at the end and, like, they're like, oh, Alfred's like, ha there you are. <laughs> you know, I see you hanging out with friggin'
0: wouldn't, Catwoman. Wouldn't he be, what the fuck, Master Wayne? You yeah. let me believe you died, and then you're just hanging out in some fucking restaurant in Italy. Yeah, I mean,
2: fuck you, Bruce. Well, that's just it,
0: cause like- I grieve for you, you ungrateful little shit. You took care of him his whole life. Exactly. And he's like, nah. And he's just like, peace, see you later. Bye, Alfred. Yeah. Exactly. Not gonna tell you, not gonna tell you I'm alive. You raised me, you're basically my father, but fuck it. Who cares?
2: Yeah, hanging out with a cat woman now. We're just chilling.
0: Yep. Yeah. Even though she never gave him a reason to even like her or trust her. Yeah. She betrays him, like, three times in that movie. And then does one thing good by shooting Bane.
2: And it doesn't fit with anything in the universe, either.
0: No, no, doesn't make any sense at all. Oh, well.
2: (laughs) But it's funny, because we loop back around a looper. Ah.
0: (laughs) We loop back
2: around. Which is time travel. And time travel sandwiches. My friend was pretty stoked when I told her that their, their pod, podcast is going to be time travel sandwiches. <laughs> She's like, you need to make time travel sandwiches t-shirts. I'm like, what would it be, like a friggin' sandwich in a time machine? <laughs> and then I'm like, I will make that. <laughs> I will make a graphic in Photoshop for time travel sandwiches.
0: Damn right, be, you will.
2: That'd be a good name of, like, just a podcast in general or a blog. Time travel sandwiches.
0: I might have to start a new blog.
2: <laughs> All about
0: the science in movies and things.
2: Start a new Tumblr, and it'll just be pictures of sandwiches and time travel machines.
0: Time travel com. It's being a thing. I'm making it a thing.
2: And it'll just be pictures of sandwiches and time machines. Absolutely. <laughs> but not together. <laughs> just separately. <laughs> Cheese sandwiches, and peanut butter and pickle sandwiches. Yep. <laughs> so, this is a conversation, with Jack. About interesting things,
0: <laughs> time like sandwiches, travel, time travel, all that good stuff.
2: Time travel, sandwiches, time travel, duology, sam- comic book movies.
0: Yeah, we really covered a lot of topics.
2: Yeah, a lot of things. I think that that's, I didn't even have like real notes other than time travel sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> so that worked out because we covered everything that I had written down. Totally. <laughs> and then we'll have to think of. Something else is ridiculous for the next one.
0: <laughs> definitely, definitely.
2: But well thanks for being on the podcast.
0: A and, pleasure as always. I'm sure I'll be back again.
2: And yeah, I guess we'll talk soon about more ridiculousness.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh <laughs> if any of your listeners want to go and listen to me ramble more about comics, you go and check out the Intercomics podcast. Go and search for on Google. We're on iTunes Stitcher, all that sort of stuff. Sound um, loud. Yep, yeah, SoundCloud is our main thing. If you want to go soundcloud.com slash intercomicspodcast, you can find us there, at Pod on Twitter as well. Go and follow us and tweet various questions about England, British things, comics, British comics, maybe. There you go. <laughs> come and talk to us about comics. We record weekly about this week's comics, all the news, and uh, lots of other segments as well. So come and chat to us over there if you want to hear me. And my weird accent discuss <laughs> comics even more. Uh, if you want to talk to me directly, you can talk to me on Twitter at JLW Chambers as well. And you can, I'm that on everything. So if you want to search JLW Chambers, that's my initials. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, everything like that.
1: You're smart um, with that.
0: <laughs> I am. I, I have, I have worked out my SEO ahead of time, apparently.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they can definitely find you anywhere on the internet, just searching your name. And um, you can find me, as usual, um, on Twitter, Cyanide with two N's. The extra N is for extra awesome. <laughs> and uh, com, which is probably how you found this podcast anyways. And yeah, definitely check out um, iTunes. Subscribe to me on there. And yeah, um, we'll see you next time.